sent you to James chapter 2. Are you there with me? I want to read these uh, first 13 verses in James chapter 2. Follow along with me. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and says, Oh, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen. My beloved brothers, has not God shown those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? And verse 8 says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, in the epistle of James, we are learning what it means to live a life of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the epistle of James is about. James is showing us what the growing life of the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ should look like. And as we neared the end of chapter 1, we heard James say that the growing believer is a doer of the word and not a hearer only, James 1 and verse 22. In other words, the growing follower of Christ not only looks to God's word, what James calls the perfect law, the law of liberty, for the knowledge that God has given, and God has given us knowledge in his word, but the growing and maturing believer does something with what God has given. God has given knowledge, and wisdom is putting to work the knowledge that God gives. The growing believer is one who who does something, who doesn't just read and say, yes, that's good. I can think of a lot of people whom that applies to. I'm going to be praying for them. No, no, the, the growing believer says, God's word is speaking to me and I must obey. James contends that the growing believer is the one who is obedient to the word of God. And I will... I will challenge you with this. If you are not obedient to the word of God, you cannot be growing. As a a follower of Christ, you cannot be growing. If you aren't taking steps of obedience. Now, don't hear me say you must be perfect, okay? 
But if you aren't seeking obedience to the Word of God, then you are not growing in your faith. God wants you to grow and mature and grow up in Christ. And the obedient believer, the one who pursues Christ-likeness, is the one who will be making progress in his faith. And James is challenging us with, with things that we need to think about and we need to challenge our, ourselves with if we are to be growing and being doers of the word. Now, one way James is still challenging believers today, this, this epistle, this letter in the New Testament is still powerful today as it was when James wrote it. And one way James is still challenging believers today is in what we hear from the last line of chapter 1 where James says that believers are to care for people, care for people in need, be concerned with those who are in need, Right? He says here at the end of chapter 1, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Care for people in need. Your, your true, the true test of your faith is whether you obey and whether you honor God by honoring others and looking to the needs of others. And then he says in the last line here, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And then from there he moves to this warning to not show partiality in chapter 2. And in fact, one of the ways believers are far too easily stained by the world, and we live in this world and it's very hard not to be influenced by the world that we live in, but one of the ways that we are overly influenced in the world in which we live is when we yield to the temptation to play favorites like the world does. That's what God's word is calling partiality. The world almost almost turns on favors or playing favorites or showing partiality. Now, how are believers supposed to live? The believers, believers are supposed to live with a different kind of attitude than this. We are not to play favorites. We are not to show partiality, says God's word. With Christ living in them, changing their thoughts and attitudes and actions, followers of Christ are not to play favorites. Now, how are we as believers often guilty of showing partiality and playing favorites like the world? Well, one way is the way James shows us here. We look at the one with wealth and we favor the one with wealth and we look down on the one with little. Another way we're guilty of showing partiality is when we judge others by the color of their skin. Our culture calls that racism. God's word calls it showing partiality. And you know what? As loudly as the culture we live in attacks racism, it still happens in our culture, doesn't it? And, I, and very sadly, it still happens in the church today, and sadly, possibly even in our own midst. That ought not be so. That is another way we show partiality. Christians are also often guilty of the sin of partiality when they play favorites and judge others based on a person's well, their upbringing or, or their background or their nationality or their economic level or their religious preferences or their political views or their educational background or simply based on one's personal opinions. I don't like them. <laughs> right? And, and of this, James writes that when believers do this, they have made themselves judges with evil thoughts. That is, judges with selfish and sinful motives. 
And so, as we noted last week, James warns believers, do not show partiality. The poison of partiality will kill your spiritual life and will bring great harm to the work, to the work of God's church. And James uses an example of one who is rich being given preferential treatment over the one who is poor. This is a, a real danger. And what we noted here and saw here last week was that when followers of Christ sin in this way, they are putting themselves in the place of God, taking God's place as judge. You see, the believer's faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and James says he is the Lord of glory. In other words, he is God in human flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ is God, and he alone is worthy to judge. And when we elevate one person over another, we are taking God's place as judge and doing so with sinful, selfish intent. But only God is worthy to judge. But that's not all we do. When we show partiality, we also sin by showing partiality because we not only take something that's not ours to take, but we also give something that's not ours to give. When we show partiality to one person or group of people over another, we're choosing to glorify that individual or group of people over another. And only God deserves to be glorified. We are taking God's glory and choosing to whom it would go. And only God deserves to be glorified. And by showing partiality, by elevating a person or group based on their wealth or power or status, we have stolen the glory from God. And we have given it to someone who is no match for, for God's glory. None of us, none of us measure up to God's glory. But that's not all. James goes on here. And if you were with us in the evening service last week, we noted that James also shows us that showing partiality is sin because it makes me the one who chooses instead of God being sovereign and the one who chooses. In other words, when we choose to favor the rich over the poor or in any way show favoritism or partiality to one person or group of people over another, when we do this as followers of Christ who are to be speaking for Christ and proclaiming the name of Christ, when we do this, we make ourselves out to be the ones who judge who and who should not receive the gospel. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we're supposed to be those who carry the gospel into this world. And when we choose to favor some people over other people, we're making ourselves the judge over who should get our witness and who shouldn't get our witness. When in fact, God's word is clear throughout that neither rich nor poor are to be shown partiality, but all are to receive equal treatment. You can hear it throughout God's word. There's an Old Testament passage such as Leviticus 19.15. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You can also hear it in the New Testament in Romans 2.11 where Paul, when speaking of the righteous judgment of God, says that God shows no partiality. And you hear it in Acts chapter 10 and verse 34 when Peter says, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. So God's people sin when they show partiality because they're choosing who deserves a witness for Christ. That is not up to us to decide. But the gospel, we need to understand, is sufficient to save all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we must not show partiality, making ourselves the one who choose who gets the gospel and who doesn't. 
So James says here in verse 5, Listen, my brothers, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? And then we learned from James that showing partiality is sin because doing so is choosing to side with God's enemies instead of taking God's side. James states a generality here in verse 6. But it's still true today. Generally speaking, it is the rich who oppress the poor, and by doing so, they make themselves enemies of God, because God is deeply concerned with the cares of the poor and needy. Is he not? Did we not see that at the end of chapter 1? But the believer who sides with anyone, who oppresses anyone else, is taking sides with God's enemies. Whether that person being oppressed is a rich person or a poor person, you take sides with the one who is the oppressor, you make yourself an enemy of God. I don't want to be there. How about you? And then we learn from James a fifth reason that showing partiality is sin. He points to it in verse 7, to the fact that those who show partiality blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called. That's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just think of it. You go against the Lord Jesus Christ. You go against that, that matchless name that you carry as a Christian if you are a follower of Christ, and showing partiality makes little of the honorable name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is made even clearer now as we come to verses 8 through 13, where we learn from James a sixth reason that showing partiality is a sin. Here's number six. Showing partiality violates the law of love. Listen, showing partiality blasphemes the name of Christ because it is also a violation of the law of love. Note again what James says here in verses 8 and 9. Look at those verses again. In verse 8 he says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. Good boy. Good boy. Good. That's good. That's really good. But, it's almost like, you know, James is hearing an argument and they're saying, oh, we, you know, we love people. We, we obey the royal law. We love our neighbors as ourselves. But, he says, if you show partiality, if you pick and choose who you're going to show love to, you're committing sin. And, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. This is serious, says James. Remember what Jesus said when he was asked which was the greatest commandment in the law? Remember what he said? Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Loving God, loving people. Does that sound familiar? Our love for God and our love for people really does govern our response to every other concern from God's word. On these two, says Jesus, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. 
I mean, think of it. Everything in God's Word points to this and, and, and it illuminates how these, these things join together and are knit together in how we love God and love people. All of God's Word points to and illuminates how to live out this truth as followers of Christ, that we are to love God and love people. But when we play favorites, when we show partiality, we, we deny this, this royal law. <laughs> We, we deny that we need to obey this law, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. James warns us that to show partiality is to sin, because no matter how well you keep the rest of God's law, to fail to be obedient to the law of love is to fail to keep God's law, and you are guilty of breaking God's law. Showing partiality is a failure to keep God's law, and as such, is a failure to love God. I mean, think of it. And it's a failure to love people when you choose sides. It's a failure to love people as God loves people, as the Lord Jesus Christ loves people, right? But God-honoring love for people does not show partiality. Now, you might not think this uh, this one sin is such a big deal. The showing partiality. Man, I don't think partiality, I don't think play in favors is that big of a deal. But I want you to note how serious, according to James, how serious one sin is. As James puts it, look at verses 10 and 11 again. He's pointing to the importance of just one sin and how one sin is very serious. For whoever keeps the whole law, and we say, but who in the world could do that? But that's like beside the point. <laughs> For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So someone might say, I might be guilty of murder, but I'm not an adulterer. And God's word says, but you have violated the law. And God says, you've still broken my law, and you still are guilty of sin. And we might say, well, I don't think my showing partiality is as serious as as other things that I could have done, which I don't do. But God says, you've still sinned. You've still sinned, and this is serious. You've still broken my law. And here's where what James was teaching us back in chapter 1 really comes to life. When we think about this, growing believers are to be doers of the word, not choosers of the word. Do you understand? We aren't, we aren't privileged to pick and choose which, which laws we're going to obey and which parts of God's word we're going to honor by our obedience. We are not to pick and choose what we will and will not obey. And God's people could certainly be guilty of that when it comes to showing partiality, justifying this sin as acceptable because we don't think it's as serious as some others. When any sin is serious in the eyes of God. Note, too, that this one sin is singled out. Now, it's not that this is more or less serious sin than other sins, but it does show us how serious one sin is, doesn't it? Some of you might be hearing the gospel being preached today and you might be thinking to yourself, but I'm not so bad. I don't do that kind of sin or this kind of sin. But you need to hear God's word today. God's word tells you 
that any sin brings God's just judgment. You may not be guilty of whatever sin you're thinking of, but no one is sin-free. None of us. We've all committed sin, which makes us all guilty of breaking God's law, doesn't it? So if you're an unbeliever thinking you're okay, you need to rethink that. You need the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ on you. And it's yours. It's yours if you'll ask, if you'll ask for God's forgiveness, if you'll turn from your sin. We call that repentance. You see, the unbeliever must repent and say, God, God, I don't want to do those things anymore. It doesn't mean you start living a perfect life, but it means you, you start with the right attitude, right? And God calls on you to turn from your sin and repent. So if you're an unbeliever thinking you're okay because you don't do certain kinds of sins, you, you need to hear God's Word challenge you today that you are a sinner because you have sinned. No one keeps every point of God's law perfectly. That makes us all worthy of God's just and righteous judgment. But the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is yours. His forgiveness is yours if you'll only ask for it of God in prayer. And that's something you can do even now as you sit where you are right now. Don't delay. Now, believers hearing the need, hearing this need to be careful too. I, I want to encourage you and challenge you to be careful that we don't hear this and say, well, I'm pretty good about not showing partiality. I'm pretty good about not showing, showing favorites. I'm not so bad. I've trusted in Christ. And, and sure, I still struggle with some sins, but I'm not as bad as the next guy. And God's Word says here, not so fast. Wrong attitude. Are you really a doer of the Word in every area of your life? We may not be struggling with the sin of partiality. I'm, I, I have a reason to believe, and I think because I, I'm challenged in this area myself. I think that more of us probably struggle with this sin than we than we think not. Showing partiality, playing favorites. It's it's an easy one to get caught up into, but it doesn't make it okay. But maybe you're looking at this and saying, "But that's not me." Okay, but God's word says, "But you still sin," and you need you need to get yourself right with God. Over your sin. You need to honor the Lord by your obedience. God's word says here, are you really a doer of the word in every area of your life? And if you're not, and none of us really are completely perfect in Christ, are we? We're perf- made perfect in Christ because of his forgiveness for our sins, but we are not yet completely perfect in our obedience, are we? And we need to be willing to let God show us where we might be sinning. Is it the sin of partiality? I don't know. It very well could be. There could be some other thing going on in your life that you're struggling with, and you need to lay that before the Lord and ask for His help in getting it right and turning from that sin. I hope that's where you are as a believer today, ready and willing to be corrected by God's Word and the work of His Spirit in you. It's the danger of talking about one sin, one kind of sin for a couple of weeks that we go, well, that's not me, I'm okay. Now, I want you to know how we're to respond when tempted to sin by showing partiality. James shows us, look at verses 12 and 13 again. He says, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. 
Mercy triumphs over judgment. And I love here that James calls the law of God the law of liberty. Isn't that great? Law of liberty. And you go, well, how can that be true? Law and liberty, those two don't go together. And you might think that until you start thinking about the laws that we enjoy in our nation that give us liberties, right? I mean, we do live in a nation of laws, and many of those laws give us liberties that we enjoy. Certainly, we may not be happy with all of the laws of our land, but generally the laws of this land have have great liberties attached to them. And do you know that the gospel sets you free? Do you realize that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you repent of your sins, turning from those sins, you are liberated from your sin and sin's penalties. The law of liberty, the word of God teaches you that if you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. (laughs) Saved from your sins and saved from the punishment and condemnation for your sins that you deserve without Christ, but, but with Christ, that condemnation is removed. It's gone. And now that's the law of liberty, is it not? And that's the law of liberty at work. And God's word reminds us right here in James that the heart of God is love. It's love for those who have sinned against him. The heart of the law of liberty is love. And and says James in verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbors yourself. You are doing well. But then he says in verse 9, but... If you show partiality, you're committing sin and you're convicted by the law as transgressors. So the answer is, James says here in verse 12, here's how to respond when tempted to sin by showing partiality. Verse 12, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. You know, as followers of Christ, we're to live and act and speak and treat others as as those people who will give an account to a righteous and holy God. There is a day that we will all give an account for whether we did good or, or, or wrong. Now, I am not suggesting that we lose our salvation or, or we can come anywhere close to that. That is not what James is saying here, the believer can lose his salvation when speaking of being judged. But he is saying that God will hold us accountable for how we treat others during our time here on earth. With the days that God has given us, how are we going to treat people? How are we going to love people? That's the question. We have this solemn reminder it's not as, as though we would lose our salvation, but we could lose reward. The solemn reminder, 2 Corinthians 5.10 reminds us, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So not that we would lose our salvation, but, but it's possible you could lose reward for failing to keep God's law, for failing to take very personally what God's word says here about not showing partiality, not playing favorites. How does God wish for his children today to be doers of the word in regard to showing partiality and favoritism? The message, I think, is clear here in verse 13 when he says right at the end, mercy triumphs over judgment. It's the message we also hear from Jesus in Matthew 5 and verse 7. It is a wonderful message. 
when we hear from Jesus, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You see, God has called us to be people of mercy because he has shown us so much mercy and grace, yes? We are benefactors of God's great mercy. Thank God that he does not show partiality. So God says to us here, show mercy, yes. Show partiality, no. Can we honor God in this? Absolutely. He has given us his word to have faith in, to walk in obedience to. Can we, can we be obedient in this, showing mercy instead of partiality? Absolutely, yes, because he has given us his Holy Spirit, enabling us. If we're God's children, we have the word and we have the spirit. You don't need anything else to obey this truth. And many more. Praise God. So as the Lord Jesus Christ says, blessed are the merciful, yes, for they shall receive mercy. As we hear in James, show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Don't show partiality, right? We need to grow in this. Examine our own hearts and be very careful about whether we're playing favorites or not. And this really, really will dishonor the Lord's name in our midst if we, if we don't get this right. People will know this. People will sense this, that we're showing partiality. Let's honor the Lord in this. Let's take this truth and this challenge very personally. Will you?